Hey there, hi there, ho there, everyone. Welcome to an all-new episode of Faux Real. I'm your host, Devlin Wilder, as always. Really good to have you back. On this amazing episode, I welcome the incredible comedian Nicole Blaine. Nicole is just a really wonderful person and so hilarious. She has many incredible stories, and we really get into it. She shared with me about learning parkour while chasing her cat trying to jump out of the window and an explosion of baby hamsters. This all in the first 10 minutes of the episode, so you know you don't want to miss this one. She and her husband, Mickey, have produced a number of projects together, including her special called Life's A Bit, which is now on all of the streaming platforms. You can find it pretty much everywhere. It's really great. I had the chance to check it out. Um, you You will definitely want to watch it. Guys, I want to make sure that you know about the Patreon. Our Patreon has all sorts of exclusive goodies, audio clips, and uh, um, videos from the various shows and some really cool exclusives, but you won't be able to access them unless you throw some money at the show, which I would really appreciate because it takes a lot of time and effort to put this show together, and I really love doing it for all of you, but... Boy, it just, um, I need help! So please check out the Patreon. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash faux-real, F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L. And we also, I, I say we as in the royal we, I, the show, has an all-new, all-access link on Smart URL. That link is is uh, smarturl.com it forward slash faux real pod f-a-u-x-r-e-a-l-p-o-d and that link will take you to all of the various links to all of the platforms on the places that we live across the world and uh i'm i i gotta tell you i'm kind of proud i was uh checking out the stats on libsyn and man this show has listeners all across the planet australia africa South America, all over the place. Very, very cool. So thank you so much for being a listener and staying with me. And you know what? I I just want to give an extra special shout out to all of my amazing guests because I really have some incredible people on this show. I'm really proud to to have them on the show. And um, I I just really have a blast doing it for you. So thank you for listening. And as I usually say at this point, Without further ado, take a listen to my all-new episode with my amazing guest, Nicole Blaine. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I know. What a what a wild, wild ride this has been. You have kids, right? You have a boy and a girl? This I do. Oh, okay. You got it right. How how has that been going? Do you guys come up with just yeah. severe frustration and uh wanting to throw yourself out? I'm, listen, I can't did you just say throw yourself out the window? It's oh. a real coincidence that you say that. Oh, really? Tell uh-huh. me all about it. Because this morning, and this is the thing, I can't, I'm not doing those things that comedians do where they're like, I was just driving here and I thought, no, this 
morning while my daughter is on her Zoom for her classroom, my son is in his room for his Zoom, my husband is a teacher, so he's also Zooming, and I'm in the living room, we all divide, right? And I'm doing my work, and all of a sudden, my daughter comes barreling out of her room, screaming at the top of her lungs, because we live in an apartment building on the second floor, and she screams, the cat just fell out of the window. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let me tell you backstory on the cat is that we're not allowed to have animals in our apartment. And I had to no tell. It's okay. I went through, I I jumped every hurdle to get her a prescription for an anxiety animal. Oh, because she actually has anxiety. Now, so here's the thing. This thing is supposed to keep her calm. Okay. Let me just make that very clear that. The, this thing, when I brought it home from the shelter, she got attached within five seconds. Um, and it was like this like little tiny kitten that just didn't move. I was like, you see, I got her a cat that's probably going to die in three days from a brain tumor, right? Like, oh, no. I'm going to give this kid more anxiety. Like, now we're going to have to deal with endless, right? Like, now you can be scared of everything dying. No, no, no. This cat has, has been amazing. We've had it for a year now. She's so attached to it. And the whole fuck, the fucking thing fell out of a goddamn window today and dropped 20 feet to the ground. Okay. God. Yeah, it was not good. So, of course, immediately I was like, well, I mean, this is worse than, than the pandemic itself, right? Like, she won't survive. Absolutely. What do you do? I mean, how do you approach a situation like that? <laughs> well, both of us ran out the door, down the stairs. My husband went to the back of the apartment building. I went to the front of the building to try to, like, corner off a cat that's an indoor cat that's never been outside. It doesn't even know what wind is. Okay, it's it's never gonna survive the elements. It's the it hasn't had a breeze. Okay, and I see and like apparently the cat went to the back. It saw my husband and started running away because I'm better and the cat likes me more. So it ran to me, jumped up on a balcony, and I was like the adrenaline mom who could lift a car. I no joke. I hopped a fence and I. Like, literally jumped, like, yeah, like, whatever those people where they jump off walls, who are those people? Yeah, parkour. Yeah, you did some parkour action. I totally organically, intuitively, I parkoured over a wall into my neighbor's balcony, and I all of a sudden, I was on a (laughs) balcony within a second. It ran up into the second-story balcony, and I grabbed this little tiny kitty, and I... I kind of feel like I killed it. No, not the animal. Like the moment. Yeah. Like I, I nailed it. Like I was the, I was the superhero today. I mean, you achieved an entire egot uh, in that, in that yeah. cool adventure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was that was all before nine thirty. <laughs> okay, that's how long my fucking wow. day is. All right. So, how was your day? <laughs> not that exciting (laughs) oh my god oh i i'm i'm glad you got the cat it's it's okay it's safe thank you thank you (laughs) it is alive i am 
surprised there were no broken bones because all I, no, first of all, I want you to know half of it is I'm worried my daughter will tra be traumatized from losing a cat out her fucking window. But the other thing is, is I'm like, I can't afford x-rays right now for $3,000 for a broken bone. No, who can? And nobody. There are probably, the vets are probably just as busy as all of the rest of the hospitals, right? Because yeah. everyone has, uh, everyone got uh, uh, adopted a pet, so they're probably overrun right now, right? This is probably just as much of a, of a you know, of a situation as, <laughs> yeah. oh God. <laughs> so the cat I, I'm is just fine. imagining this poor cat <laughs> just going nuts. Shedding lives faster than fur. It's, uh, that's. Yeah. That's what I said. I was like, this is probably, life two is gone, right? The first one was when yeah. I took the Right out the, the shelter, door. Right? And this is number two. And I was like, I don't know. Keep track. This isn't, this isn't good. Oh, God. Wow. I, uh. It's you, funny you should give me such a good lead in with the window question. That I was the best. <laughs> Thank well you so played. much for sharing. I'm sorry that that uh, that's totally insane. Uh, have you yeah. uh, have you grown up with animals? Have you grown up with cats? I had cats. Also, I'm super allergic to cats, so I just like also feel like I'm sacrificing my entire nasal cavities for cats. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But but I I mean it's pretty fucking cute. It's adorable. I do love the cat. Yeah. Do you have animals too? I I grew up with them. Yeah, I had I had cats just uh, coming out of my uh, every orifice um, growing up. It, 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 there was one time. It, well, we lived out in the country in Illinois, and there was one point I remember. I don't have a lot of memories when I was little because uh, I was all jumped up Trauma? on medicine because of my asthma, but. I, uh, there was this one point where our, our grandmama cat had like, she, um, she had like, I don't know, five siblings and they all had litters at the same time. So at one point there were 20 or more kittens like running around in the laundry room where we kept them. And they were just, they were just everywhere. It was like, a kitten construction zone in there. It was just like it sounds like maybe <laughs> someone in your family was a, a hoarder. They yep. have shows about that now. <laughs> it was intense for sure. Yeah. How um, how many of them died in our, under newspapers? We we got we found a lot of homes for them uh, with the neighbor families and stuff, which was good. Um, but uh, we. I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of adventures with those cats for sure, and many more, like you know, generations. Um, well, we had this. We had a very similar. Th By the way, before I tell the next story that now you're making me think of, are you? Am I spotty to you, or am I coming in clear to you, like sound wise? You are a little glitchy. You're slightly glitchy, but not enough I'm that it's going to make much of a difference. You're okay. Oh, okay. Because you're pretty glitchy to me, but I want to make oh. sure you're not, yeah. But the, I don't mind adjusting, because as long as, however you're recording it, if it sounds good. 
Um, but I'm not like stopping and starting and stuff? In the tiniest way. Just. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nearly. You're fine with it. Okay. Oh, okay, good. Well, but then I, it's probably me it's just fine. hearing you, but. Oh, good, good, good. Well, then that's fine. Well, so this is what I'll say about having animals that reproduce in your house. I have a poor man version of that story because after my parents divorced, I begged my dad for pets and he was so poor and we lived in this, um, he, he will act, okay. It was like our, at first we lived in a room, just rented a room from a guy. And so then there was just like me, my dad and my little brother and we all lived in a person's room. We graduated eventually to a apartment where my brother and I shared a room and then he had a room and we begged him for animal. And the only thing he felt he could afford or we had space for was hamsters. Everyone, everyone has a hamster. Of course. Story, right. Oh yeah. And the, the key to buying your first hamsters is you always say to the lady who sells you the hamsters, are they both the same sex? Now you would say gender, but back in the days we used to say, right. is it the same sex? And she said, absolutely. There are two men. Here you go. And we came home and the next thing we knew, the babies were born and this man and wife of this thing. Okay. Now the problem was, was that they had the first eight, right? And my brother woke up one morning watching the babies being born as the father stood next to them and took the babies and ate them as they came out. Oh, no. the, the dad just ate yep, them. They do that. And so they do that. And that was my brother was six years old. And we're like, so guess what? Awesome. That was his introduction to, to pregnancy babies world. And like all my dad and I were sleeping, had no idea. We're like, how many babies did he eat? Eight, all of them. So then the, the woman, the baby, uh, the woman hamster had another litter and she had eight. And we knew to separate now. We had learned. And then she, um, we put them back together when the kids were big enough and she had more. Or the kids had babies. I don't know. What I know is, is we had 24 hamsters very quickly. And we came home one day and none of them were in their cage. None of them. All 24 oh, hamsters no. were completely gone. Oh, but no. what did happen was they had been taking... Uh, pieces of their little hamster mesh, like that little like sawdust stuff, stuffing it in their cheeks, like a little like chain. And they were all walking around the house and bringing all of the stuff into my dad's shower. So he had to keep cleaning up. Yes, they kept transporting their, their cardboard pieces into the shower. But we could never catch any of them because they wouldn't come out at night. So he would clean it up every night put it back in the cage. And the next day when we we're all at school and work, the hamsters would, all 24 of them would probably line up like an assembly line and take all of the stuff out. Now, guess where they were living, by the way? Are you ready? Do you want to know where the I'm hamsters? Ready. I can't wait. Were sheltering? I'm going to tell you, they were sheltering in my mattress. Okay. <laughs> and so all that long, I would be sleeping <laughs> with my brother. Oh, no. <laughs> I would feel them underneath oh, me as we were living in the mattress. Yeah, that was it. That was all we heard <laughs> all night long for years um, until they die inside my bed. 
um, that's the story. Oh no, that's worse than an old tuna fish sandwich. You gotta just oh. like. Well, you have to move. You have to move yeah. at that point. You can't stay there. It's, there's nothing you can do but leave the apartment. Oh my God. Too much tragedy. So those are my animal stories. I don't, I don't have any more animal stories. You've gotten both of them. That's it. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's really all you need, honestly. Uh, Two good animal stories. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I could just imagine all those little, all those little sounds and the, and the, <laughs> every, every time you think you've like rolled over, uh, you know, you're in a bad position on the mattress, you're like, oh, uh -huh. probably, it's probably another just one. Just a hamster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what's scary is I don't know how many more they made. Like you have to understand, like there were 20 for one moment, but who knows? I mean, it went on for years. There's probably. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> they came with me yeah <laughs> oh man so yeah childhood and weirder is now that I flash back and think about like how my dad had to navigate dating back then and maybe that's why he had a hard time finding a woman because he couldn't like bring her home <sighs> yikes well like her shower like how do you explain the shower like that that woman <laughs> well so turns out we yeah, have maybe two, I guess like 24 and 50 a, hamsters I, you gotta you gotta be funny about it right i guess you gotta have a quick joke like you know every every time one crawls across their lap while they're holding hands on the couch you'd be like well i just like to ham it up you know <laughs> you gotta be you gotta be quick on the draw with that one. Oh goodness yeah um <laughs> well, Nicole, um, you are an amazing comedian. You have this, uh, this awesome special called Life's a Bit, which is on HBO. Um, and no, I wish, no, not HBO. I wish it was oh, HBO. Huh. It's, huh. Oh, no. that, that was... Um, I've worked, I've worked... I will cut that out. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. I've worked with HBO. I've produced special for HBO, but oh, I, I, I saw that in the email. That's where I got that from, which I, I yes. saw it in the email and then I wrote it down on my, on my notes. So, um, there you go. anyway, you, uh, obviously wrote and performed the special, uh, and yes. uh, your husband, uh, Mickey directed it and yeah. uh, you guys have been producing a show for, um, uh, called Virgin Sacrifice. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I watched the special. It's hilarious. Aww, I like, yeah, uh, you know, the dipping in and out of the, the clips going back and forth. Um, oh, into the kid's life, the real life, and hilarious. then the stage stuff. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun because I had to um, force, <laughs> because my children are mine, so I get to force them into playing the parts. <laughs> as you should. Um, yeah, in order for it them, works. As I um, should, in order for them to live in our apartment um, and throw cats out the window. The deal was, was they, they had to say lines. Uh, the lines that they originally said to me throughout the years. So what was really cool was like them kind of being the inspiration for the jokes and then fine tuning them on the stage and figuring out how it worked as a storytelling in that way. And then um, going ahead and figuring out now how to film it in a scene while it intercut with me on stage and making them say the exact same lines that inspired the jokes. 
So it was great. It was, it was really exciting. And I loved, I actually really liked bringing them into the project just because they don't normally get to partake in stand up and they know that I go off and do it most every night and they probably feel a little left out and abandoned. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My words, not theirs. Yeah. They'll, they'll go to therapy and figure it all out on right, their own. Right. Yeah. Whatever money I get from this special, I'm actually just going to put into a therapy fund for the children. Not a bad idea. <laughs> right. I'm like, forget college. I don't know if we're even going to get that far. <laughs> okay. What? Did they enjoy working on it? Um, well, I had to do a little bit of like coercing with one. They liked the whole thing except the one scene where my daughter asks me, mommy, what is sex? Um, was really uncomfortable for her. You know, like she doesn't, she is a, she's, well, she was eight, you know, she's a prude. Like she should be, what's <laughs> an appropriate thing to be is not wanting to really say the word sex. Absolutely. So yeah. I, so on set, when she realized how many times I kept saying, you have to say it again, say it again. She was like, I want like $20 for this. <laughs> Fork it over, mom. <laughs> Let me have it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, best deal for child labor ever. <laughs> Done. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was really backward about all that kind of stuff. Uh, when I was little too, so I, I, I and you should be <laughs> good. I'm, that's I'm appropriate. Totally sure. I mean, you know. Oh, that's not so good. But <laughs> <laughs> we talk about that in another podcast. Yeah, yeah, maybe another show. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll, I'll have my daughter explain it to you. Not a bad idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the bit where you were um, talking about that your husband can't sleep without a um a sleep mask face mask i'm the same way i'm a total princess <laughs> I, have, I have mine at the ready at all times can't be without it i have a giant window uh across the wall it's just it takes up most of the wall and it's not it's just a, a pain in the ass every which way because uh it's not only, it not only echoes all of the sounds like in the particular way, I'm on the second floor too. So I uh -huh. hear everything, including every, every uh, pin drop, uh, which are very loud pin drops. If it's a pin drop, it's very, very loud, um, but there's construction going on. Oh, by the way, thank you for moving your time. Oh, yeah. Because uh, there, there is, uh, some asshole uh, construction going on across the street that's been going on for over a year now. And Ugh. so every morning at between about 6.30 and 6.45, beep, 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 just all of the beeping and the crunching. And uh, the past about 10 days, I guess they've been putting in power lines or something. And so, they come in with the with the backhoe to pull out the uh, the street like panels or whatever, so they can go in there. Like they gotta they gotta drop in there like they're um, scuba divers or something, and it's like a whole thing. Anyway, 
I'm with you. Well, and by the way, what's crazy is they, they shouldn't be doing any construction right now because we're all working at home. And so I also feel like not now. This is now my office and living space. I can't have this now. I couldn't agree with you more. And <laughs> the- I know, it's weird. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, they are essential workers. And listen, the whole thing is like, I. We all got to do our jobs. I get it. You're doing yep. a job, but do it right. quieter. <laughs> Please. Um, so when I, so Mickey, my husband, who uh, we just discussed. So we used to live um, in these, uh, in Culver City, well, Mar Vista. And it was these homes that had originally been made to be UCLA, like, professor's track housing. So there was a ton of these, like if you go down Overland, right where National is, mm -hmm. um, there's like a Whole Foods there, but then there's all these like kind of duplicated little apartment buildings and they're all really close to each other, like New York style, right? Where you, like you're saying, you open the window and the building next to you, there's only two feet in between it. And there's a ton of apartments, right? Like each building has a lot. So what happens is, is in the summer when no one has air conditioning, everyone's windows are open. And if, one, and I'm not kidding, this guy that lived across and down a couple apartments, he would cough and it sounded like he was coughing in my room, right? And he was always like getting his phlegm, you know, and it was always like every morning. And I could hear yeah. him take a shit, like no joke. It was crazy. So eventually that entire building next to us slowly gets um they're gonna sell it and like do something with it so everyone ends up gets getting bought out and moves out and the entire building next to us is empty and for the first time in our life we are listening to nothing and it's like living in the middle of la with pure quiet right and right at that moment right when like you start to get really comfortable and relaxed it was the middle of the night and all of a sudden i just hear this little like beep beep and it's like really faint and but like annoying enough like to the way that you're like I need to wear a face mask the light is too bright the right. sound is now gonna be one of those like Chinese water torture sounds where you're like oh, well I can't sleep there's what's beeping like what is beeping yep. and at that point my husband's like oh my god across from us in one of those abandoned apartments there is a fire alarm that is telling you that the battery's running low oh god okay wrap your head around oh. the torture of oh, trying rats. to go to sleep guess what you thought the first night was bad guess what happened the second night oh, guess what no. uh the fire alarm in the hallway of that apartment they sure. all were put in at the same time so then it's just going beep 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 okay by night five i'm not joking the entire apartment building in every room. So we're talking 60 fire alarms, beep, 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 beep. And I was like, oh, no. we have to move. I, I'll lose my mind. Yeah, that went on for months until like, I guess even the beeping finally died. Yeah. Oh, geez. I, no, I, I would lose my mind and I'm about to lose oh, yeah. my freaking mind yeah. with these guys because yeah. it, it, listen, if it was for like, you know, even a couple weeks, uh, yeah. Okay, it's constructed. It's gonna take a little bit. Okay, this has been going on for over a year. It was going on before we moved in, and I thought, ah, uh, you know, uh, okay. I mean, because yeah. yeah, I love this apartment so much. I have my own bathroom, which is a phrase that yeah. 
gives me full body tingles just to be able to oh. and have my own yep. It's a glorious Absolutely. Thing. Yeah. So, um, but they are, I mean, they take up every, <sighs> once it starts, that's it. Like I can't do, I can't do anything else unless, you know, I mean, I have to have every, so I turn my fan on and I'm in my headphones and, but I can't record anything. And yeah. there was a period for about a week where they were just, oh, and there's a siren, of course. Uh, there was, there was a period of about a week uh, where they, they just, I don't know what they were doing, but there was just no noise. I kid you not, like I woke up and uh -huh. I performed the entirety <laughs> of the sound of music. I was so happy. <laughs> okay, ambulance go by, of course, while we're talking about that. Uh, it's perfect timing. That's how it's supposed to be. Oh man, just drives me absolutely bananas. I had one of those situations where there was um, uh, an alarm going off in the adjacent apartment building in a different place oh, than yeah. I was living. And uh -huh. I, it happened two or three nights in a row. And yep. I, I could like, I, I have to, I can't just let that kind of thing go. Like I got to put a stop to it. So I went over there. I started going door to door at all of the apartments and like, um, do you hear? And of course it ended up being like uh, an elderly lady who oh. like, you know, she had a, she was <laughs> dead. She died earphone, on the floor. I guess was working. And um, she was like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll check on it. And, uh, and, oh. it, and she fixed it. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah. Well, all right. So tell me what we what would you do in this scenario? Okay. So I was uh, an RA in college. You know what an RA is? A resident advisor. They are the maybe like six months older than the other people, but they live in the dorm, and yeah. I'm supposed to be in charge of people my age. Yeah. Okay. So I was the pothead RA person who everybody just came and hung out with me. Uh, I was terrible. And, um, no, but so I was, um, th there was a, it was a very big, huge building, like 350 students on campus. And right about like a month before finals or midterms or something like very important. And this, by the way, was a junior year, uh, like people were in their junior year. So it was like a lot of the tests that they were going to be doing. We're going to determine grad school stuff. So we were right in a very important moment of like studying and blah, 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 blah. And in the middle of the night, one night at 3 a.m., the fire alarm is pulled. Now, in a giant dormitory on a college campus, when a fire alarm is pulled, and, and probably, I mean, every college campus has a rule, the fire department has to show up. And every single student has to be evacuated. And in our college, then I, as an RA, and every RA that was on the floor, had to go into every single dorm room, open it, make sure nobody was trapped. And then as soon as we cleared every single room, we were allowed to then bring everyone back in. It took about an hour entirely, from the moment that someone would like pull it to the end. That would be an hour long thing, right? So the first night it happened, it's terrible, we're all exhausted, and you can see where the story is going. On the second night, it happens again. Because whoever thought it was so funny the first night, 
thought it was even funnier doing it a second night, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we get to the point where we're three weeks in, okay? And every single night at 3 a.m., these, whoever these people are, they're pulling. And so, of course, Hooligan. students are, whole, yeah, and everyone's freaking out, right? Like, no one can sleep, no one can study. They've got these huge exams. And by the time you go to bed at, what, midnight when you're in college? And you know that you've got to wake up at 6 a.m. If you're going to have a fire alarm, yeah, at 3 a.m. till 4, you get back to sleep at 4.30, like, you're going to, you're ruined. And so everyone was getting super upset. And I was losing my mind. I was having so much anxiety that I couldn't sleep ever, right? So at the same time, um, I'm in a sorority, which is an embarrassing thing to admit. But yes, I was in a sorority. I got, and I, got I get here. invited to. We'll get to that in a minute. You what? I no. You have a fraternity story I, for me? Oh yeah, co-ed service fraternity, super nerdy. Oh, I was in one of those too. I helped old people. Well, fix their fire alarms. No, we didn't really help old people. Uh, I think it was more in oh. title than it was in practice. <laughs> Fair. Sorry. Fair. <laughs> So anyways, I, I, now we're a month into the fire alarms. I'm losing my mind. And I end up going to some sorority fraternity party or whatever. And there's these two guys. I'm like, one of them might have been the president or something kind of high up in, this, in the fraternity. And I was also in, in that scenario. And they start bragging. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so funny. We've been playing the fire alarm every night for one month in this building. I'm like, and we have to watch everybody get like, and I was like, wait, 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 it's you? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Now, what would you do? If you found the culprits in that moment, and I want you to really think about it, how would you handle the situation? Oh man, I'm, I, well, I mean, I think, I think you gotta put it back to them, right? I mean, I think I, you know what I would, I would probably do is, well, hmm. I mean, because you, you have to set up a scenario. I'm, I'm vindictive. I can't help it. I would have to set up some sort of a scenario where, uh, like, I'm partying super hard with them or whatever and making sure that they are, they are fast asleep, they are gone, and just getting right up beside them with a boom box and just, mm. and just you know, blaring their brain back through their ears. Because like an air horn, is, an air horn attack. Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. Well, I had a different reaction, but I'm really impressed with yours. I hadn't even considered that one. That's definitely, certainly, I think this is maybe almost like a, like a litmus test of like a personality survey. Like, what would you do in this situation? And that's interesting that that was your instinct. I mean, after being put through it for a month, yeah. 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 One month. I'd only um, once, <laughs> right? But I would have fun with it for sure. That's pretty impressive. I wasn't so clever. I I did listen. I am a rule follower. I am totally that like asshole. Uh, and, I, and listen, even if I wasn't an RA and wasn't obligated to report things, it doesn't even matter. I am a fucking total narc when it comes to shit like you're ruining people's lives. 
um, I just looked at them and I went, look, I'm reporting you. And they were like, what? And I was like, uh, by the way, it's like yelling fire in an auditorium. That's illegal. Like, good luck with this. Let's, let's see how the school handles this. I, your junior year, I do wonder. I wonder what's going to happen with you. And they started shitting in their pants. And they put a lot of pressure on them socially. They're like, we're going to ruin your name. No one's going to like you. And I was like, nobody, oh, nobody likes me. Everyone I already hates oh you. <laughs> yeah. I'm the worst. Yeah. I was like, sure, the whole school will hate me, but the 350 people that can now sleep through the night are going to be my fucking followers. Absolutely. So I did. Yeah. I did report it. And you want to know how the school handled it? Oh, no. What happened? Well, at first, they got completely kicked out of school because it's a federal offense. And then I think mommy and daddy gave them some money and they went from being expelled to just being suspended and they were gone for like a semester. Okay. Yeah. So maybe now the school has a new library or something. <laughs> I should get credit for that too. Well, I, <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope they got a new wing or something out of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, oh, geez, those little twerps. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Have you always been a rule follower? Yeah. I like, well, it's funny. I feel like there's certain things I break, but for the, like, I think that I'm also a very, and I see this in my daughter, which I really like about her um, because I like it about myself, but I can see that it's annoying. Uh, it's taking that sort of like moral and ethical, what is the right thing to do approach. Right. And, and what benefits the people and like who you sacrifice for the greater good. And so it's not necessarily like, this is the rule. This is what should happen. It's, I really feel like I am a very, what's the best result for most people. And I will report it. So flash forward. Now I've, now my daughter is, um, so she was in fifth grade and she comes home crying from school, like hyperventilating crying. And I was like, oh my God, what's wrong? And she said, well, at lunch today, this, um, or at recess, this boy came up to me. He's a friend of mine, uh, me and my best friend, we were hanging out and he came over and said, hey, do you guys want the answers to the entire math, every test in the future coming up? And every single homework assignment, everything. And my daughter was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he goes, I broke into the fifth grade teacher while she was out. I broke into her desk. I took out the cop, the book, answers. I took my phone. I cell phone took pics of the rest of the fifth grade math everything. And I've been distributing it to all the students. So this is what's interesting is watching your child now, I've never told her the story of the fire alarm, right? Like, you can't have all these conversations before things happen. And it's interesting. She's 10 years old at this point. How is she going to react in the same way that I did, right? Like, what would my kid do without any influence of me? We have no time to talk it through. Can you imagine what she did? If she's my kid, you, you can probably guess what she did. I mean, we get oh. it. She's my oh, kid. she told the teacher. Yeah. Absolutely, right? Told the told the fucking teacher she was like are you kidding yeah now yeah. the problem is is that when you become a snitch this and this is just like what these guys said to me oh, no yeah. one's gonna like you right but i was 20 and she's 10 so she doesn't have maturity or bandwidth to take 
being called, you know, a dirty rat, which is what all the students did. And they all called, you know, my daughter a dirty rat. And she was like, you know, and, and it's interesting, the reason she wanted to tell on him, and this is what she told her teacher, she said, my teacher worked so hard to teach us. I feel bad oh, for her wow. that she yeah, that she thinks she's doing all this work and that the kids are really getting it. I feel bad she's wasting her time. As the as the flag is waving behind her and the Star Spangled Banner yep. is, is uh right. is Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like so proud of my kid. I said, Look, you did the right thing. And she goes, But no one says I'm doing the right thing. And I was like, Oh, yeah, wow. but like, what, what is that kid? By the way, what, you want to know what his parents did? What? Well, as I watched them pull up every single morning in, no joke, a red Ferrari that had license plates that like were personalized and made it clear that he was a plastic surgeon. That was because that's what he does for a living off in Beverly Hills. Um, he got, that kid got in no trouble. That kid wasn't ever in trouble. As far as I'm concerned, there was no repercussions. And so it's very hard. It's the same thing as the guys that got bailed out in my scenario. The parents covered it up. It's the same thing with Aunt Becky and the kids who went to USC, right? Because the moms and dads paid for all the testing and, and the whatever. And it's really hard to raise your kids and go, we're just not the, we're just not gonna be a part of it. Oh, and you're just gonna have to hold your head high. Yeah. Entire life is if you keep if you keep doing the right thing. Um, oh man! But what a good kid I don't know. you've. Uh, She's a good kid. That's I mean that's amazing. That you know. Yeah. I would have done the same thing when I was little. I I would have told. Uh, I was. Yeah. I was such a. I I was the nerdiest nerd that ever nerded. I mean I I was I was the male least. <laughs> I really was. I wanted to be a Bart so freaking hard um, but I was always the least <laughs> uh, there was one time when we were doing the you know flower babies thing whatever it was what? <laughs> no what are you saying I don't uh, know what flower babies I are they, I think they have little like I think they do robot babies now or whatever but then they were still doing like in seventh grade or whatever so I think it was seventh grade sixth grade or seventh grade oh when you had to take home a baby yeah exactly yes they used yes. to do it with okay. uh, eggs yeah. a long time ago yes when we I, I had it with the eggs I right. did it with the eggs right so when we did it we had a flower baby so uh -huh. I had a pack of flour now I was a very imaginative kid. I'm a very imaginative guy. So I wanted it to look like a baby. I didn't want to just carry around the, you know, lifeless sack of flour. Sack of flour. So um, <laughs> I had a Cabbage Patch Kid and I, uh -huh. I put the outfit on it and I took off its head and the outfit had a little hood. So I put the head in there and it, it looked, it, look, it was real cute. It was real cute. Yeah. So, of course, you know, I, I, had, <laughs> I had carried it in my arms. Every, I was a weird kid. I don't care. No shame. So uh, I, I carried <laughs> it into science class one day, the biology. And um, I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but the <clears throat> some little twerp took it out of my hand. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, immediately there was a, a game of baseball being played um, across the across the classroom with the head 
And, uh, you know, I just like every sitcom you've ever seen, I was like, hey, hey, get back. And like jumping back and forth, trying to get the head of my baby back from these Aww. little And the, uh, the teacher walked in. I never liked her anyway. And uh, she, she just kind of saw it and sat at her desk. And oh. I was like, um, can you help? please this is and uh she she like very nonchalantly looked up and she was like yeah, give it back <laughs> oh my god it's like all right and that's how teachers were man that that they she was like you listen i just got done with my cigarette break i don't want to deal with you bullshit yeah. it's a bag of flour exactly <laughs> i don't know why i'm teaching you life skills with a bunch of flour. So go fuck yourself. That's basically what she said to you. Figure it out. She did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And now you have no children and you're scarred for life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so, um, oh, wait, hold on. Okay, great. I I just want to keep checking that button. <laughs> I know. <laughs> make sure that I, it's, I, it's still going. <laughs> it is still recording. We are good. Um. So, uh, what uh, what other sorts of activities have you been coming up with? How how have you been uh, sort of surfing the this insanity wave that we've been on now for eight weeks? You know, I mean, I will say I'm not normally a good parent. That's not really my strong suit. Um, I can totally, help. completely. Yeah. No, yeah. Right. Transparent. <laughs> no, I'm terrible. Uh, but I feel like my husband has always been the best dad ever. He was, he's just so good. And he said to me at the beginning, we just need to get them to come out of this and think that was the most fun we've ever had. So Every week we do a bunch, like we pulled, I don't know why they said this, but they're like, I want to stay up all night. And this was early on. And I was like, you know, none of us need to be anywhere for who knows how, like, you think you can stay up all night? And we pulled an all nighter. And like, uh, I took pictures, every, like I took a video of every single hour on the hour, like what we were doing. And it was the most fun we've, like, because we had a dance party at 1 a.m. I ordered pizza at 2 a.m. And you have to, little kids are like, are you? and I knew who was going to pass out first. Oh. Um, I did it with my mom, who is like 68, and, you know, my husband and the two kids. And my husband passed out first. My mom passed out next. We watched movie after movie. And it was kind of magical. Like, my daughter trailed off at 4 a.m. And at 5 a.m., my son and I were left. And I knew he was, he was, he was going to make it, but I said, you know, why don't we do a little reading? And he was like, okay. And then that just put him right to sleep. Cause I was like, we don't need to do this anymore. It's, it's fine. We pretty much made it. That's so, um, that's really sweet. It was fun. Like you go on my Instagram, I saved it in the stories oh, cool. um, under like quarantine and you can flip. It's really cute. So I feel like we've done that. We took, we did a water gun fight where I texted a bunch of friends and I was like, hey, I'm starting at three o'clock. I'm coming to this house and then this house, then ready with your water guns. And I videotaped that and like my kids, we, we did a drive by and we water gunned all of our <laughs> friends. 
Um, awesome. That was fun. So we're doing things like that and like playing capture the flag most nights, you know, go out to a park. Um, you know, we play with the homeless people and um, they oh, watch here yeah. for us. <laughs> but you're like legitimately they're rude. They end up rooting for like someone in my family. They sit there and watch. <laughs> it's LA. That's how, you know, Santa Monica. That's, yeah. They're all part of our LA family. Yeah, might as well. Right. Yeah. 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 So they root for us. And uh, it's, little, I kind of feel like flags. it's funny. Yeah. They're going to start making team signs. Instead of like, we'll work for money, that's now going to be like, boy, go boy. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's so it's cool. been good. Yeah. So you've been coming up with a lot of uh, really, you know, you, you've been you've been figuring it out. That's, that's cool. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I taught my kid how to take a giant thing of peanut butter, a jar, and just stick a huge thing of chocolate in it. We have laughed for 15 minutes about nothing. And I think that 10 years from now, when they're in college, they're going to be sitting around. Someone is going to pass that jar of peanut around and stick, they're going to stick a huge thing of chocolate and have a flashback and go, Oh my God, I remember the quarantine and all of a sudden they're going to realize my mom was a pothead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's going to all come together very clearly for them. And they're going to know my secret as to why I was so much fun during this time. <laughs> I'm stoned always. That's it. I am stoned mom. They have no idea. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a great way to be. I, uh, I imagine myself as a stoner. Um, I, I would probably be a fun stoner if, if I, if I were to become one, but, uh, it's, but you're still too much of a Lisa. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much of a Lisa and it's a, it's a whole boring asthma thing. And I got a heart condition. Where, uh, yeah. Ugh. Debbie Downer. I know, so <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but uh, I could, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty sure everyone else in this building besides myself and my roommates uh, are stoners, so I could get it, you know, at the drop of a hat if I ever wanted to. Just knock on or maybe you have been getting all that secondhand smoke and you're just fine. Probably true, yeah. There's a, there's a dude that smokes like he's got a little um, patio on the first floor and every time I go I either every time I go to check the mail or walk outside the building I get a nice big cloud of it you know uh, nice <laughs> so <laughs> keeps me in the smiles mm -hmm. good <laughs> so Nicole um, a question I always like to ask people is like carte blanche if you could work on whatever project you wanted to work with whoever you wanted to, what would that be? Who would that be? I, I, to be totally honest, my dream is to always do projects with my husband. I love, I love working with him. He's an incredible writer and we've always done it together. And well, he wrote without me for years, but we've always produced together and he's always been my director and editor and everything. And, just like we did the special together like I don't I don't we kind of just I feel like at this point after 24 years of working together 
he reads my mind and I knew what I wanted, like with the special, I knew exactly how I wanted it to look and feel. And it was like, I almost feel like I can mentally telepathy just say it to him and he gets it. Um, I would love to one day, you know, run my own show that we wrote together and show run together. You know, I mean, pipe dreams, but uh, you never know. I don't okay. think so. Listen, you're already doing it. You've got the special uh, and it's great. It's, it's, Thank you. It's hilarious, um, and uh, no, I'm I'm sure that 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 is all you know coming for you. How um, how long have uh, have you been married? Married seventeen years, together twenty four. That's amazing. That's I know. Really I, well, I got weird. lucky. I did. Well, we started dating when I was eighteen. I met him in high school. We were friends throughout high school, and then we started dating my freshman year of college. So, wow, that's so awesome. I think that's uh, that's about it for this episode. We did good. I think we covered a lot of territory from cats out of windows. I mean, hamster in the bed. You're oh a total God. like Lisa with the baby, a flower. I think we did. We did good. I I absolutely agree. Again, I'm glad the the cat is okay. What what a wild ride! Cats and hamsters and uh, mass hysteria. So the special Life's a Bit can be found on all the streaming places, right? Yes, it is up there. Easiest way I always feel like is they can go to my website, just NicoleBlaine.com. And then I have it all easy to find there. And that's just N-I-C-O-L-E-B-L-A-I-N-E.com. That's it. And But they could Google it or find it on Amazon or iTunes or it's whoever they want to see findable. it. It's Cool. And, yeah. and you're, uh, are you on social media? I guess they can find all your, your things at your yeah. website, right? Yeah, I, I mean, at Nick Blaine um, is my Instagram. So, N-I-C Blaine. There you go. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for, for doing this. And again, for switching your time very last minute. My pleasure. I, I felt terrible about that, but there was no way oh, we could don't. get through that noise. That would have been... Uh, no worries. I ended up getting to get rid of my kids, so it kind of actually worked better. So no apologies. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Well, have an excellent night. Thank you for joining. You too. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Remember, you can follow me, as always, across all the places at Devlin Wilder. That's D-E-V-L-I-N-W-I-L-D-E-R. And for real, at Faux Real Pod. That's F A U X R E A L P O D. That's it for this one. See you on the next one. Bye.